0: Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 134. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema.
1: Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that, but don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Ayo! Welcome to Cinematics, episode 134 I'm Anderson County. I'm glad are about films here and there. That's Greg Serzavasti. He's a BFCA member. What is it really, though, Greg? Yeah, it's, it's Critic's Choice, but, you know, I, I'm
0: barely a critic, right? So I'm, I, you, He's a CR member. <laughs> critic's Choice member. Critic's Choice, yes. That, that's the correct. Wait, why did yeah, I say oh, CR? Well, I, love, I love CCR, uh, by the way, but in, 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 we're, we're actually recording on a. He's a CM. CM. Uh, we're, CM. We're, uh, you know, speaking of critics, we're, we're, uh, we're recording. I mean, can I should, can I pull the curtain? We're, we're recording on a very big day. He's
1: a Critic's Choice. CC, it's CCM. I— yeah. Jeez, yes, Greg. Great
0: My fault. Can we start over. But you know, no, no. You know what? Today is a very important. I mean, should, should we say? Are, are we when we're recording? This is a very important. Yeah,
1: that's fine. Can, can we say that? Uh, and can, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The the granddaddy of them all, the Academy Awards, are tonight. That's what Greg's getting at. We we record this on the day that the Academy Awards are uh, are being uh, recorded, televised, and uh, ignored for the most part. <laughs>
0: ignored by you, yeah. or ignored? You think most people really don't care?
1: You know when when five o'clock rolls around. I think that these Academy Awards are probably going to be the worst rated Academy Awards since it began to be televised. Whenever that was, I think that this is. I think all you are going to hear about tomorrow is uh, no one cares about movies anymore. Uh, If the Academy Awards are any indicator, I think we're going to hear a lot of that.
0: (laughs) Well, you don't care. I don't care. So you're you're not. After we record, you're not going to watch it. You're not going to. Waste any of your time to no no uh, I'm
1: I'm watching okay. I'm I'm gonna watch for sure I watch every year but I do care way less uh, than I than I did in the past I mean I used to sit there and treat it like a it was a, you know Stanley Cup or the Super Bowl <laughs> and I'd always have like one or two dogs in the race and I'd I'd be so excited and I'd become enraged when my you know my favorite actor didn't win or movie didn't win and I really I don't care because. Anymore, I, I now have seen behind the curtain a little bit. I know how they actually vote and how they watch or don't watch the movies that they're voting on, and I see the picks that they make, and I see them try not to look racist, but then still make the wrong decision year in year out. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all about you know talking about the best movies of 2020 and uh, looking at various critics' uh, uh, lists, and and looking at my own you know bevy of movies that I've seen over the last. Uh, year and, and and figuring out what my favorite movies were of all the movies that I saw last year. That's fun, but I really don't give an f what the uh, what the Academy thinks anymore. I mean, I, it's still the closest thing we have to you know anything that matters. But yeah. I just feel like they get it so wrong so often.
0: Do Do you think Academy voters just in some some of them are just maybe. Compromised? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, even though Golden Globes, you have the Hollywood Foreign Press, a lot of they they've been vilified and it's controversial. But do you think?
1: Oh, I, I've never cared about them, and I care about them less than I ever have. When they have Hamilton up for uh, you know best musical, and it, it's it's that wasn't a movie that that was a documentary <laughs> right. uh, documenting a stage play. <laughs> it's just a it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, but but I think that the Academy is more concerned about how they come off than ever before, and I think that's been the case ever since they their inception. Really, it, it, it was just glad in and it was it was invented the academy awards were invented back in 1937 or whatever year it was yeah because uh they were they were hurting it at the box office a little bit and they wanted to do essentially a big advertisement for themselves for hollywood like hey look at here here are some of our shiniest movies you should really come watch them and you know since then it's grown and they're much more um concerned with the uh with the viewership of the actual ceremony rather than the actual ceremony and and what the awards are and then they're also concerned about how the award choices look. I think that they're very concerned about coming off as uh tone deaf, as they say, or, uh, uh, you know, behind the times they always want it. They, all, they got to come off like they're cutting edge, right? And they smack, they of the smack
0: of hypocrisy. Is that
1: what you're saying? Maybe I'm trying a lot of hypocrisy lot of- and it's tough. They're up against it because it's a bunch of it's still, I mean, the, the fact is it's a bunch of older, whiter, uh, people than what our country's made of and what our audience is made of and uh they're trying desperately to stay ahead of the curve or at least have the appearance of staying ahead of the curve and that's really hard for old whitey to do to be ahead of the curve <laughs>
0: right. do you ever wonder i mean you you and i've been covering i've been covering this for 30 years okay and you've been you've been doing this you've been behind the curtain for a while 20 plus years how many 25 years and I'm, I'm thinking
1: okay with all it, you you've been- not behind the curtain uh I, I just t- in talking to people and listening to what people say and I've been paying attention for 30, 30 years yeah okay. you can say that I've been paying, I've been paying close attention for 30 okay, Greg. so I've been caring so for 30 40 years Before
0: we get be- yeah, before we get to the movies in May 30 I, years. let's let's say 30, 30. I I just so I guess we're the same I just wonder I 35. just wonder why people like Harvey Wein- Weinstein and what Scott Rudin how did these people start Continue to flourish for three decades while Hollywood, they, these voters, these Academy voters, claim to be really righteous on the right, on the side of right. When these these two supposed monsters were were lurking, in, you know, and in, in, uh, in broad daylight for thirty years, and then suddenly there's a, suddenly a day of reckoning and everything's changed. I mean, I'm just wondering if Hollywood is so right think, about things. Why didn't they change this a long time ago? Right, so.
1: Well, yeah, I I think that uh, a lot of people make a living in, especially in Hollywood, but really any business, a lot of people at the top make a living by turning the other cheek or saying no to everything, right? Right. Keeping things as they are. Don't rock the boat and uh i guess there was rumbling same and you can say the same thing about bill cosby i guess a lot of people knew it was like the worst best kept secret yeah uh, but nobody really wanted to be the one because everyone's so you know it's all, all about self-preservation and people are very concerned about being taken down my whole thing is like if if women have been getting a raw deal and, which i believe they have been it's all about opportunity and giving people opportunity Hundred percent. but yeah. uh, the and the academy is so uh, ahead of it. It's same with Sundance. I called Sundance out about this as well. It, if if and then they pat themselves on the back like, look at all the women that we have nominated this year, as opposed to other years. Well, that means you were part of the problem other years, or you're just <laughs> pandering or trying to look better. So, w- which is it? Were, were you part of the problem, or are you? Just putting people or, or, or leaning heavily to vote for female directors and, and writers this year and, and black performers and bl- black filmmakers this year more than other years or because you want to look good or have you changed some policies? You know what I mean? Like, the policies have changed, but they haven't gone to effect yet. They don't go into effect until next year, I think. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Okay, does. yeah. I'm just glad there's it's, there's more it, We're not gonna solve we're not anything. Gonna solve here, anything. Greg. I, but I, I hate hypocrisy. You know, I and do too. A and I and I think I'm politics and home I'm
0: glad there are talented filmmakers and actors of color getting their chance and, and more women filmmakers and more opportunities, et cetera. But there is that underlying smacking of pandering. When it comes to
1: I think a lot of underline <laughs> yeah, i mean, like- I mean it 's kind of in my face i feel <laughs> I feel like hollywood panders i mean that's that 's how they make a living is pandering right to the sure. lowest common denominator a lot of the time, and the biggest box office uh, hits uh, the biggest money makers are are movies that pander to the back row and that 's my problem with Speely is Speely is a genius and he can make movies for for me more often, but he doesn 't he he panders <laughs> to the to the lowest common denominator too often and uh for for the bottom dollar right so that's that's my that's my main thing with with speely
0: and hollywood at large well yeah. thank god we have martin scorsese and in fact our last month this month i guess with sort of at the panders! we Panders, thank He's a panderer! Thank goodness for- sp- you, I couldn't do, Like, he was pandering to the monks! Oh, well, no, I was just- I was just gonna tie it in, though, but thank god- thank god for <laughs> Martin Scorsese. We actually did a- a Patreon episode where we were reviewing the Scorsese film, one of his first films, Box Bertha, for a bonus Patreon episode. Box Bertha? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're gonna- we're, we're now, for- for the next month, we're gonna- we're gonna randomize, before we get into the main movies, we're gonna randomize a year uh, for for oh, a that's right. yeah
1: what what, what you, Greg you gave me nothing on me yelling about Scorsese being a panderer and pandering to, to the monks with Kundun you c- gave c- me c- nothing yeah you know because uh, I I don't represent
0: my own people I mean as an Asian I, I <laughs> no I mean I actually cover I I I tell it a million times I actually covered the Kundun c- c- junket I, I don't know how to pronounce that movie and and uh, again we I I already said like my only question to Scorsese in his entire life was I asked him what keeps him inspired as a filmmaker and he talks about them he talked about the beauty of of manipulating the moving image which i think that's one reason why you love being a filmmaker anderson with with groupers and you want to make this other film your your next film is you, you like you like the visual you like you like how things work in a frame right that's your is that one of your main that's one of your main passions as a filmmaker to see how the images work within that frame i'm assuming maybe i'm I'm guessing so
1: I I, yeah I I love I love storytelling Uh, I'm not a very good reader because I got the things uh, that that are wrong with my brain and I just I love experiences Greg I I love them and I wish I could be there's that uh, nine-inch nail I've never actually said this out loud because it's pretty douchey but that that nine-inch nail song where he says he wants to F everything and be everything yeah and like I, I totally relate to that. Like I, I want to experience everything that this little life that we have has to offer, good and bad. I, you know, I don't want to like go down really, really rough roads, but uh, I would like to experience them maybe for a couple of hours in a dark theater and see, you know, get as close that I'm willing to get to some of these experiences. And movies are the best, the the, the best uh, vehicle for that I, that I've found. I, I'm sure reading's probably a little bit better, but I'm a really bad reader, so thankfully, I guess. Depends if I ruin my life with movies, which I'm on the road to possibly doing. But uh, (laughs) if it wasn't, if I could read real good, I'd just be a bookworm probably. You know, I just, I just, uh, I think the same as you. And I want to, you know, walk in other people's shoes and understand and experience everything I possibly can during my limited time here on earth. And uh, yeah, telling stories w- w- with visual means is—it's so much fun. It's so much fun, and the collaborative process is so much fun, and the the limit, literally limitless uh, uh, possibilities and options that you have uh, when working with sound and picture uh, is great. I love it. You know, it. Wait, I, you know, I
0: never asked you this, Anderson. After with post groupers, you know, over you know over the months, weeks, have you have you received a lot of just. Emails or, or reactions to your film that it, 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 has it been a cool thing?
1: Some, but not yeah? not nearly what I was what I was hoping. It's kind of stayed within my sphere, which is fine. I'm lucky enough to have my own little sphere. Yeah. Uh, but you know that my the, the people that I talk to about movies week in week out with that whether it's you or. Or uh, Brian over there, or uh, you know the, the nonsense that I do over with the after disaster, like it's it seems to kind of be within that world. It hasn't really broken out much beyond that world. It has for sure. People who have no idea who I am have definitely seen Grouper's. Probably the majority of people at this point who yes. have seen Grouper's, I I would guess have probably beyond my little uh, universe. But uh, yeah, not the uh, not the kind of. Uh, opening of doors that i was hoping for but you know it's for the type of movie it is it's still i I do get emails saying i could see this being like a cult type movie one day it just takes a long time it takes a while for for that i my main concern is like people don't see it years from now and think that i just did a cheap version of promising young woman because groupers was released first right um Eric Andre has uh, a movie that just hit Netflix a few weeks ago where there is a Chinese finger trap at the center and he uses it the same way that I used it in groupers that came out long after groupers did. And I, I do concern, I get concerned that history is going to think that I'm uh, ripping people off, which is my, my main My main thing is that I'm doing stuff that I haven't seen before. I don't want to make a tired old imitation of something else. I don't want to be derivative because there's, we see enough of that, right? Pretty much every single poster you see when you go to a movie house is a a sequel or a based on previous movie, right? A remake. And uh, I I like the idea of, that's why I love Kajillionaire so effing much is because it was just so original from top to bottom. Yeah. Oh, I love that Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Love. I I haven't gotten to
0: it yet, but maybe, you know, and. I haven't. I should check it out. I should, I'll check out Kajillionaire But okay, so let's get to our randomizer. You you have the randomizer on your phone, and uh, for our yes. Yeah. What we got? What do we got? Yes,
1: yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. Uh, here we go. Bonus uh, Patreon every single month we do for a very, very limited exclusive club, our uh, yes. Cinematics Patreon yes. Club. And it's, uh, we tackle a year in between 1940 and 1989. There's 50 years total there that we will we will eventually tackle. And every uh, month we, we randomly select a new one that we have not done before. And in that year, Greg picks a movie that he has not yet seen. And I pick a movie from that year that I I have not seen we watch each other's movies as well as our own and we review do deep dives on those two movies as well as that year in film we talk about uh, birthdays uh, from that year as well as uh, top box office movies uh, the Academy Awards from that that year, of course, as well as uh, any kind of you know landmark, momentous things that happened in cinema that year. So it's fun. It's great. It's a it's a continued edu- education for for myself. I I don't want to speak for you, Greg, well, but uh, it gives me an excuse to to go back and tackle um, things that are a blind spots. Well, thanks to me. our Patreon supporter,
0: supporters, we were able to review the Ingmar Bergman film "Cries and Whispers," which is considered a masterpiece, a classic, a, a seminal moment in cinema. And ultimately, Anderson and I ended up enjoying Boxcar Bertha more. Let's just say that. So thanks. Thanks.
1: Oh, I, I I'll just say it. I hated <laughs> Cries and Whispers. And I talk about it at length with you. And I explain every single detail that yeah. I hated about it. Oh, my it. goodness. And Greg, you weren't far behind me nope. on my, my hate train. Nope. My hate train was speeding down the tracks pretty fast. Yes, yes. Hey. <laughs> But it's always an education. It's always uh, added value, as you like to say. Yes, right? added value.
0: Yeah, and th- thankfully, I, I mentioned a whole bunch of other movies that people can see that year other than Cries and Whispers. I, I can't believe I'm saying bad things about Ingmar Bergman. But anyways, that's that for for Cries Feel and Whispers. Feel free. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes.
1: So what? What? You- it's refreshing to hear a film critic or a, yeah, a film critic uh, talk badly about a uh, a classic uh, filmmaker. All right. Uh, here we go. In between nineteen 19- and nineteen eighty nine yeah. and uh, drum roll, please. I I, I don't. 1980.
0: Oh, 19. Did, did I think we did it? Did we do nineteen eighty before? Please,
1: we have not done nineteen eighty. It is the virgin year for Cinematics Patreon. Oh my, so, nineteen eighty, it is was ten, and uh, I am excited. Yeah, I was I I was not born yet. <laughs> that's a
0: joke, right? That, that,
1: that's a joke, Anderson. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't make jokes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, what have you seen that came out in April that you are? Smitten. Well, I have, Great. I have, Just let the listeners. I have know.
0: one movie that I, that I can recall right now. And it's this movie called, it came out this week and a couple of days ago in theaters. It's called Weird title. Together, Together, oh. Together, Together. Yes. It, I, it, this was like a this was a five star film for me just
1: because I, it spoke to me.
0: Wow! Do you like Ed Helms? Do you like him at all as an actor? Are you give and take on him?
1: He's he's, he's all right. All right. He's, okay. he's okay. I don't dislike him. I don't love him. Oh. Uh, I was good to actually see this, and I thought, you know what, this looks like the type of movie because I'm doing research right now for my uh, the Vaulties is what we call them on the film you vault where once a year we, right after the Oscars, we do our top you know favorite movies of the year. We we'll always wait for, so it's a little later this year because the Oscars are later. So I'm going over all of my movies that I saw last year that were new and trying to figure out what my favorite ones were. And a lot of the movies that I saw that were new last year, Greg, I hate to say this. I shouldn't say a lot, but about a half a dozen. I, I have to actually look them up on IMDb because I have no, I, I'll read the title and I'll be like, what was that? What? I don't, I can't recall what movie that is. And I saw it within the last year or so. Uh, and I was, I was looking at Together, Together, and I, was, I just imagined it being one of those movies where I want' not remember what it was uh, a year yeah, from now. Yeah, because it seems very just forgettable.
0: Blah. It, yeah, blah. And, and Well, Ed Helms, he plays an app developer in San Francisco. He's in his mid-40s. He's 45-ish. And he hires a, sur- a surrogate, played by Patty Harrison. She's in her mid-20s. She works at a coffee shop. And it's about their relationship as she, through the pregnancy— and it's written and directed by, by Nicole Beckwith. And I ended up thinking it was going to be a forgettable, fun little trifle of a movie. It's a right. lot more real than that. It it's, orga- it's just feels lived in, organic. The jokes land. Everything is – and that Patty Harrison, I, I don't know, know her very well, but she's a very good comedian. And she's excellent in her role in this. And Ed, Ed Helms is fantastic. So they have great chemistry – the writing is really well done. It's very subtle, and it for it's a, it packs a surprising emotional wallop towards the ending. So I really enjoyed it. Also, last plug for our Patreon listeners: what I also do along with our bonus episodes, I do spoiler spoiler stuff. So I interviewed Nicole Beckwith. The Nicole Beckwith I am going to upload for our Cinematics normal podcast feed. Okay. Just I haven't done Flick City for like a a month and a half. My bad on that, but I'm going to upload that. But I'm saving her discussion about the ending of Together Together for our Patreon listeners. So Patreon listeners get our spoiler stuff that we generate from our cinematics podcast. And also, so Together Together is out in theaters right now, and it hits digital on May 11th. That's when most people will be able to see this movie. So highly recommend Together Together. That's my big pick from April. What is your big pick from April?
1: Uh, before I do that, Craig, do you, have you gotten any negative uh, feedback uh, from other critics, from your peers, about doing uh, any spoiler related stuff with these people? No, zero. I mean, I mean, because I-, I know it's kind of an unspoken w- word that you don't rule, that you don't, uh, you know, in the junkets, anyways, that you don't uh, get them to talk about, you know, the ends of movies. Uh, but this is for a very exclusive. Uh, yeah, membership for the, our, our Patreon members, and uh, it's not like you're you're writing this, uh, you know, on on your fr- front page or, or publicizing it. I mean, it stays behind uh, a, wall. a pretty high wall, right? Yeah. yeah, it stays behind the wall. But I, you're the only one doing it out there. I don't. I don't think anyone else. Sure, there's critics that will spoil movies in, in, in their reviews and talk about it and give you the heads up. But I don't know if they actually talk to the filmmakers and uh, actors and, and whatnot about the ends of these movies. I don't. I think you're the only one asking these questions. And I bet that's why you get the good answers well, that you get from them because they're 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 fresh questions you. that they haven't heard on the thank junket. Thank you, and Thank you for that. Yeah, and well, the, because of the
0: whole pandemic situation, they're the junkets now, as you know, everything's now Zoom. So a couple things. The reason why I'm able to get the spoilers and I only keep it for the Patreon stuff is number one, I do this whole excuse the excuse me using the word Woody Allen. I do I do the Woody Allen, I'm I'm a neurotic, insecure guy and I'm gonna say, Hey, by the way, I'm gonna make sure all our Patreon listeners watch your movie first. That's my little qualifier. Let's just very quickly talk about the ending of your movie, and they usually that director or actor respond well to respond well to that. And then, since it's Zoom, they take a look at me and they realize, you know, here I am, cooped up in my little my little room, and I'm a lonely uh, 50 year old man. And they say, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw him a bone, and I'm just gonna tell him throw him a bone, bone. throw him a bone for him and his and and, and his lovely Patreon (laughs) subscribers. So that's why I get all the good stuff. I I I, empathy, sympathy. And, and I get some of the, the gems. So thank you for that, Anderson.
1: That's very good. So you bring up uh, Woody Allen and you associate yourself with him. W- once again, I, a couple things on Uh-oh. that. I, 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 continue to, to <laughs> grapple with it. As, as people say, I continue to go back and forth. not really so much back and forth, but like, how do I land with the whole Woody Allen thing? And while I did not like that docu-series that was on HBO, Allen via versus right. um, Pharaoh thing, Pharaoh, um, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of questions unanswered there. I um, where I land with it and it, is that you got to kind of believe the victim even if it's just one victim, you got to kind of believe the victim until they give you reason not to. At least sure. I think the majority of you has to believe the victim. So that's where I, what I'm left with. I the majority of me has to believe um what what Dylan uh, says happened and uh that being said there's no way I could support or ever associate myself with Mr. Allen again. Uh not that I did a whole lot and I, it's easy for me to say this cuz he's not my bag, he's yours. Yes. But what about 100%. this uh could we maybe uh trade out Woody Allen for Todd Salons because they are similar. Uh yet Todd Salons is much far lesser known obviously. But uh they they maybe even Larry David to a lesser extent. You know what, Todd Solon's, I love his movies. <laughs> so maybe. And he is, you know, fear, anxiety, trepidation. Yes. I mean, that's one of his movies. That's the title of one of his movies, right? <laughs> he, he, he embodies everything that Woody does. Allen does, but more so. And, and he, he tackles very uncomfortable subjects. Let's just say that. Okay. So, and, and. Should we start a whole movement where maybe you we we can switch out Woody Allen where where you would put Woody Allen's name here to to make people understand what you're getting at? Uh, but we're gonna switch it to Todd Salons. We should start I, a I movement. Think we I think should. we, should, I start think we should.
0: And you know, unfortunately, my my personal I think in a previous I think in the last or maybe a couple of cinematics episodes before I was really taking up for Woody Allen. I haven't seen Allen versus versus Pharaoh. This actually it's so funny. It's the the topic of Woody Allen comes up during a very comedic moment in Together. Together, they talk about it. And look, as much as Woody Allen has been my cinematic hero, him, Hitchcock, and De Palma for all these years, as much as I try to take up for him, the last, actually the last couple of years, and maybe it's just because of what's been going on, I haven't seen a Woody Allen movie for the last two years. And maybe it's, hmm. maybe
1: it's subcon You saw Blue Jasmine, right? Yeah, but no, no, I've seen Blue Jasmine. I've seen the the... That was the last Woody Allen movie I saw, I think. I I loved it. I I really liked Blue Jack. Oh,
0: yeah. No, no. Very good movie. And his movies are great. And you can learn something cinematically and and as a writer from just watching his movies. But I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why I haven't gone back to Manhattan or, or Annie Hall or any of his movies the last several years. Maybe that's something I, as a Woody Allen, just a passionate fan of his work, maybe I should definitely look into
1: maybe yeah maybe you stop here and then you can always kind of remember him fondly and y- yeah, yeah I don't think I'm gonna move on so <laughs> here's I mean here's a yeah. problem like what if what if we did start a whole movement and everyone just switches out Woody Allen's uh, name and puts in Todd Salons and then we find out something horrific about Todd uh, be, Salons like he, again, like he was like psycho with you, his mom you know, or something this is again, and, and like slept with her rotting
0: yeah, right, right. you know again this is one of these things like same, same thing with Roman Polanski we have to do you separate the art and the artist and in my opinion I do separate the art and the artist and I know a lot of people do not do that I respect both camps I mean I think
1: right I mean can you separate the I mean it's I think it's I think it's kind of easy to just turn your back because of the uh, sheer amount of art out there now if if, if I was like yeah. in lockdown and couldn't leave the house and didn't have internet and I only had like you know a dozen DVDs <laughs> to to watch I, I think I'd probably have to watch Polanski movies and Woody Allen movies if that's all, all I had to get my hands up there's a there's enough out there i think that we can uh, uh just say okay i've seen what he's done and now i know i have a better idea of what kind of a person he is uh or her or she is that hasn't happened yet uh and you know i i'm just gonna move on to newer and other uh artists and remember what i like from that artist but i'm not going to continue to support i think that's i don't know it's it's tough. No. I've heard some people say we got to wait till he dies. It's like that doesn't make any sense either. I mean, it's still going to be if you know. Um, going back to like that movie Powder, I, if you yeah. recall, and the, I did and that the, press the junket. filmmaker that made yeah. Powder. Yeah. did you did you interview Salva? The, the Yeah, what was his name? Sal, Salva. Salva.
0: Yeah, I, I think I forget what what was, was said during the press junket, but yeah, I, I did it. I did the interviews. I did the interviews for that the long time.
1: Powder. Powder. For those of you who might not know, What we're talking about is a, is a movie that came out in the, I want to say the, the early nineties and uh it turned out that the the filmmaker writer director uh, i'm not going to say his name i'm not trying to like sully you know people's yeah. reputation any further, but it turned out that he was uh, he had, he had a uh, penchant for uh the younger uh and the uh, the hairless and, and the gross i know and the movie powder the reason why that's um of note is because the movie, movie Powder is about a uh, a guy who gets struck by lightning and loses all of his hair and becomes like a sentient being, almost you know, like like a, like a a soothsayer. Like he can see the he touches you and he can see your past. Yeah. Right, that's what it is. And I get, and then you look at the movie and you know what you know about that the, the filmmaker now the creator and then you look that he at the movie and what he's made. It's almost like he made his own sexual fantasy for ninety minutes on screen, which just kind of gives you the heebie jeebs. Definitely does heebie jeebs. Yeah. yeah. Hades. And, and they promoted Hades. that movie. They did. Disney promoted that movie back in the day. Big. That was, that was yeah. a big film. It was a Disney movie. Yeah, that's right. Very, yeah, yeah. Powder. Powder. But so uh, too bad it didn't come out in 1980 because I would actually uh, make that my my movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So your big, your big April, uh, April. April. Sorry. April. My big April movie. Where did it go? Where did it go? Where I, I had. It? I oh. wanted to talk about a couple things real quick. Uh, Gunda oh. is my uh, favorite movie I saw. Get in out. April, uh, without a what? doubt. I loved gunda yeah 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 uh, absolutely love this yes. movie uh it will haunt me forever. I will always remember this movie. I don't know if I ever want to revisit it uh but uh it's a it's a black and white um m- movie with very very long unedited takes of a pig on a farm uh low level uh, camera operation with shallow focus where you're just sitting there with the pig and her piglets. And then we uh, we we move farms and we get to hang out with some chickens that have just been let out of uh, like a little chicken box and they're checking out their surroundings and you are completely and totally immersed in their world um, from the color, which is like a lot of these animals they don't see in color, including like dogs. They can't see. In, I don't know if pigs can, but I wouldn't be surprised if they can't. And so we're, we're seeing the world low level from their point of view hearing their surroundings and seeing the uh, the world the way that they kind of see it and we're just sitting in it with them. And this might sound incredibly dull and incredibly boring. I was shocked when I had to pause it and look down at the time. I thought it was going to be about 15 minutes. And when I was like 30, 35, almost 40 minutes in, the movie kind of flew by for me. And there's nothing really going on other than just pure um, empathizing uh, on the viewer's part, uh, if you can get there. And, uh, there is a horrific, a hor- horrifying moment, uh, early in the film that involves pig murder, What was uh, child what pig was murder that? Was, was by that inten- the, by the mother was that pig, intentional? I believe it was intentional. Yeah. I had to, I had to, uh, explore that and research that a little bit afterwards and talk to like your, your buddy and my buddy Bruce about yeah. it, uh, as well as Eric. Uh, I talked to both those guys about it, Bruce via email and, uh, Eric on the phone. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty sure we saw child pig murder there, uh, which will help the, um, the people that continue to eat uh, pork, uh, <laughs> you say, look, they're animals. This movie does not amphomorphize yeah, them, yeah, or what's right. I, I always mispronounce that word. Did. Does not make them seem like human beings. Uh, it makes them seem like animals, which they are. Which I appreciate it because uh, I don't think that we do that often enough. But that didn't uh, make me dislike them or want to eat them anymore. Uh, and. I absolutely love this movie. And oh, uh, there's so cool. also the uh, the cows. We get to see the pasture cows in, uh, running in slow motion and being let out of their big, like, uh, indoor barn and uh, some of those shots. I got chills numerous times while watching this movie. And as douchey as that might sound, I know it's not going to hit everybody the same way, but um, the last 10 and minutes, I'm, and, I'm and I'm not really selling it either. I'm you probably are, scaring more people away. You are away selling it. The, Did you, I, I,
0: and you gave, you gave a pretty good air time on the TV, right? You, you uh, talked about it a lot.
1: Oh, yeah awesome yeah yeah I, I did it i did i said everything i just said just now but i just pontificated a Very little bit longer cool. and spoke slower but uh, also the last and here's the, the the death blow probably the last 10 oh. minutes is mostly uncut oh and it is as, as sad and ending as i've seen um in the last 12 months probably uh maybe longer it it, it, it it's it, it's a, it's a thinker. It makes you sit there and it forces you to stare at something and think about how that's just the fucking reality. Oh, that's just the reality. Just the, rea- that's the reality <laughs> of things. I got cuss, I cussed. I got so worked up about it. But that's what movies are all about, Greg, I think. And we don't have the opportunity to do it as often as we yeah. should probably, which is just let a filmmaker go off and make art and see if people respond to it because movies cost a lot of money and they take a lot of time. And he spent over a year on three separate farms shooting this stuff. Uh, but it worked for me. Yeah, well, you know the,
0: you know the whole story about uh, the director, Victor, Victor uh, Kozakovsky. That's you know, why he decided to make Gunda because one of his best friend growing up when he was four or five was a pig. And ultimately, you know that story? do you know that story? You told that story already?
1: No, I haven't, I haven't told this. And story.
0: Ultimately, no. that pig was served was was served for like some kind of meal and he was mortified as what five year old kid that's just very impressionable right so that was All right charlotte charlotte uh, no charlotte was yeah Charlotte was the i forgot the i the forgot the pig in that one but anyways yeah you know i, I get what you're saying Wilder? but that's a that's probably i i think it's the same thing with my my mother she's filipino and she she bonded with the chickens on the farm and when she found the chicken served up for a meal she to this day, she's 81. She can't eat chicken. It's one of these things. When you have a bond, I don't have to tell you about this with your your uh, your passion early on with Jacques Cousteau and all that stuff and marine life. So, yeah, it's just one of these things. Gunda's very fascinating film. I wish either you, you or Eric or Bruce did the interview because I'm sure one of you would have, maybe all three of you would have asked Victor about that piglet sequence, which I should have asked about that scene, you know.
1: I have to, I, I, what I, from what I've gathered is it was her doing that on purpose. It was a mercy kill. And, uh, it it was, Bruce said it best when he said it was a jump scare, which it was. And I wasn't sure if at first I, what happens is she finds this runt pig. This is early in the movie. Uh, who's not with the rest of the litter, and she can hear it though, and somewhere in her little surrounding area, which is covered with hay, and she's snorting around looking for it, and you can hear it and she she finally finds it and you, as the viewer, and I'm kind of ruining this for people, but at the same time. Yeah, no, 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 you're not. You're drawing them in. It's the whole. Yeah. At the same time, I think this is going to be a barrier to entry to a lot of people, and especially if you're like me. Like, if I knew this was in there, I'd be like, I just can't watch it. Oh. I didn't know what I was looking at at the time. But mm-hmm. w- w- I'm telling you, if you watch this at home, you can maybe fast forward through this if you're real squeamish. Not even squeamish, but just don't want to see. It, it is heartbreaking, and I, I didn't know what was happening. And now, if I were to go back and watch this scene, Greg, it would destroy me because I would know that I was watching this little pig's last moment. So it's a brand new little baby pig. She finally finds it. It, it stands up it looks to be happy to be found and it's like staring right at the camera and it's cute as can be and all of a sudden she steps on it and at first you think oh she's just a dumb pig and she doesn't know what she's doing but then you think for a second you're like pigs aren't dumb though they're they're smarter than yep. dogs and and she she must know what she's doing and is she is she is she trying to kill it and then did she kill it because it cuts but the thing stops ta- I mean, squealing at the point it's, it was awful it was hard to look at when i didn't know what i was looking at now that i know what I saw, I don't want to ever see again. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. That I can tell you. Yeah,
0: I thought it was a mistake on the mother's part, on the sow, uh, sow, sow, sow's part, and and then it was just, she wouldn't move. I mean, the, the mother wouldn't move, just mm. kept on kept on through the squeal. So anyways, very nightmarish. So I would imagine
1: that that's what they wow, do man. to a pig that's not going to make it anyways and starve to death, and they just try and make it quick and, and over well, uh, you know, I think that's an evolutionary thing, yeah? I don't, I, I'm I don't. so glad you saw it. I am so glad you, you enjoyed Gunda. I love Gunda, but we talked about it last month. Uh, that was definitely one in our, Yeah, at least I brought it up. It was on my list okay, for sure. Cool. And, uh, it's the only one that I really responded now. I also, and I'm just going to breeze over this real quick, but, um, a, a collection of, of stories, uh, came out on prime video. Mm um sometime later last year and uh, i have not talked about it anywhere yet and it's 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 incredible filmmaking and that's what i'm going to call it because i don't know what else to call it and it's it's small acts hmm. by steve mcqueen and steve mcqueen is one of my favorite working uh, directors i was uh honestly very upset to see that he was doing this mini series for uh prime video i just thought another director lost to you know streaming binging uh services but uh, I have been catching up and watching uh, all of these over the last uh, few weeks uh, just to make sure that I, you know, had seen everything that I wanted to see from la- from 2020. And uh, Small Axe is incredible. It's incredible. It's not a movie. It's not a, like a miniseries in the sense of a miniseries because each one is its own standalone story. But they do share themes of uh, racism and oppression in Notting Hill, uh, London, uh, through the decades. It's a very, very personal um, uh, Steve McQueen's telling of the story and um, at least two of them could have been their own movies and been up for Best Picture, possibly have won Best Picture if they were to have come out this year. I kind of get it why why he did it this way. He didn't want to, I don't think, spend five, ten years making five separate movies all about the same area uh, with similar themes because I think he would be considered that director for that time. Right? It'd be hard for him to outrun that i think for the rest of his career so it makes sense that he would do five full standalone mini movies. well not, they're not even mini movies the very first one mangrove is like uh two hours and four minutes wow. you know there's over seven hours of actual storytelling in these five stories that are only connected by uh their place and uh, the 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 bias and racism that is experienced by its uh black Uh, main characters who are all of Caribbean descent. So I absolutely and totally uh, recommend this to anyone who loves just pure, good, solid quality filmmaking. Uh, Every single one of them will draw you in. Wow. Um, High praise. And the one with John Boyega, John Boyega uh, is the third one. And it's, that's, that one absolutely should have been made into a movie and would have probably been the front runner for best picture if it was, uh, this, it's about 80 minutes long, I think, this one, uh, the, the John Boyega one. But it's uh, essentially John Boyega in the 80s, early 80s, who has a dad who hates the police and doesn't trust the police. And there's a lot of distrust of the police in Notting Hill, London. And uh, John Boyega try, decides to turn his back on his um, degree, which is uh, in science. He was going to wear a lab coat, but he thought he could do more good being a cop on the streets. And uh, he goes through cop boot camp and becomes a cop and has to experience the beast from within, and it's it's just fantastic. And seeing John Boyega act, uh, which I had never really seen him do before in the Star Wars movies, uh, he's 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 fantastic. And really, it's great story. And I highly recommend that's that small act. and there's enough levity in there to get me by, too. There's enough, because it's really heavy, heavy uh, drama, a lot of it. But uh, it's, it and it's just a time machine, absolutely, because of his attention to detail. Uh, there's no one work for those of you who might not know Steve McQueen, uh, 12 Years a Slave is the one that really put him on the map. But um, it was it was Hunger that I absolutely responded to first, and then Shame to a lesser degree, and then 12 Years a Slave, and now he's done this. I mean, and
0: then also he did Widows, which I think you were okay on. You were okay enough. It,
1: uh, yeah, I forgot about Widows. I saw that in the theaters, and it was not that was him kind of trying to make one for the studio. I don't know if he can make one for the studio. To be honest, I don't. I don't think that he's that. Direct. Well, I mean, you're saying he's trying to make one for the studio.
0: So, because of what Widows was, do you, was it upscaled because of McQueen, or was McQueen lost within the studio concept of Widows? You know what I'm saying? Good.
1: It it seemed like a like a hybrid that kind of what we were talking about with Boxcar Bertha, where you can kind of see oh, some exploitation, not exploitation in the sense of Widows, but you could see that he was trying to make like a slick hollywood drama and he was doing his own thing with like really long shots where the camera's just set up on a hood and we see how close the the uh politician lives to the problem but how the world's just changed in one car drive that's on he was trying to do elevation but then also debecky was great she's always great Uh, but but uh the movie just didn't bored my wife to to tears (laughs) and i so yeah it's just it Widows, I like to think, didn't really exist. And I didn't dislike widows, but I mean, that wasn't really representative of Steve McQueen's work. He he really is like uh, like everyone talks about Mad Men and how it's like you know uh, immersive and like you feel like you're actually in the sixties. Like that's what he's doing with Small Axe, but with a completely different population. Oh, I have to watch this. You know, in that
0: sense, with Small Axe, and you were talking about Grouper's and and how it reached a, a level a, a certain level with, within your the community. Do you feel that Small Axe it, it has its people who love it tons of critical acclaim people who love mcqueen's work have probably already seen it do you think it within yeah that's the only time that i've
1: i mean other than reading about mcqueen and look you know being on his imdb page because i'm a fan i'm just a fan of his work how can you not be but i've not heard i've not seen any ads for it i've not heard anyone just just talking about it there's a little like you know quote unquote water cooler conversations it showed up at uh at the uh golden globes i guess i think it won something and i i know that it's on like some top 10 lists and i'm not really even sure how to categorize it that's another problem is it's not technically a movie never got theatrical release uh but and, and it's not like binge miniseries type television uh it's 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 almost like its own hybrid like he's just kind of doing his own thing and too old uh to die young which uh, Refin. Uh, Nicholas Winding and Refn did it's similar. I haven't seen that, but I mean, he kind of is making a bunch of movies. Some of them are feature length and it's a series, but apparently those are all standalone too. So it's just, yeah, it's, I guess, I, I guess it's a good outlet for, for these artists that really want to tell a, a, a long form. They're not even, yeah, it's, it's not even a long form story. It's the themes are all there. It's, it's all about oppression and racism uh, through the decades and how it changes but it 's still there okay
0: that, that is cool that is small acts and before we get to may and if someone is going to ask you Anderson, which of these I know you 're going to say watch all five, but is there one that they should see immediately is it mangrove is it red, white, and blue is it which is the one that that
1: re- Red, white, and blue was my favorite of the five, but uh they're all good for their own they all feel a little different too because the ca- the lead character wow. obviously is, is going to be different. Mangrove was great, and that's all about just uh the, the, the this Caribbean family uh setting up shop and making a um, a restaurant in in notting Hill and uh you know being a community restaurant that uh other uh, folks from the Caribbean who have that f- taste for the spicy uh, can go and just be and hang out and you, you and then you learn that the dad the father who uh, Created the restaurant has a bit of a checkered past, and he was trying to make money other ways. But he's since turned his life around. He's cleaned up, and he's got this this legit restaurant that he's serving like uh, Jamaican uh, food at, and uh, the the horrific uh, racist cops. Uh, beat cops. They they don't buy it. They think that well, first of all, they don't like a black guy having any kind of success, and they don't and they don't really believe it. They think that he's you know doing some illegal operation, so they're constantly busting the place up. And uh, ultimately, it becomes um, and it's all based on reality too. That this one mangrove and uh, ulti- ultimately, ultimately becomes a, a trial uh, drama. What is a, that a, a, a courtroom drama? Yeah, and it feels a lot like Sh- uh, trial of the Chicago Seven, but it feels realistic, whereas trial of the Chicago Seven felt like. Like it was very self aware to me. Anyways, it just it felt very Hollywood, old Hollywood. Like we're gonna put this really serious, uh, dramatic story in a fun on a, a fun package that everyone can consume. Okay, and that's not what this is at all. Mangrove, but red red white and red white and blue is the the John Boyega one with uh, him becoming a cop, and that that's that's my favorite. I think that's the strong.
0: All right, so that is Small Acts currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video, as much as it's critically acclaimed. I guess Anderson's POV. It's definitely overlooked. I mean, in, in many ways, I, I I overlooked it. I can't wait to see Small Axe. That brings us to May, sir. Do you have anything for May seventh? Anything exciting? I have I have one for May seventh, and I, I know this is a movie that we're finally yeah, doing it. <laughs> it took us forever yeah, to get here. I, I have I have one, and it seems like a forgettable movie, and it just seems like my type of film. So, what is your? Do you have one big pick for May seventh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is one that I would have seen last year if it came out uh, when it was originally slated to come out. But that is Wrath of Man. It's Guy Ritchie doing Guy Ritchie stuff, and uh, he's bringing back Jason Statham in the uh, the lead role this time. So it's called Wrath of Man. I'm not going to talk about the uh, uh, about the uh, the plot line because it's a Guy Ritchie movie doing Guy Ritchie yeah. stuff,
0: and it's with Jason Statham. You want the and you
1: want the reunion, right? It's just
0: it's a good thing.
1: I, I, I'm not going to give it a thumbs, thumbs down. I ran into Statham once on the street in the wild and he just seemed like the most down to earth, cool guy, nice guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I loved Guy Ritchie. He lost his way to me anyways, for me, you know, not necessarily with him, but you know, he had the Madonna thing and then he was making movies that were for the studio for sure. And you know, he makes gritty crime dramas in, in very fun, slick, Consumable goes down smooth. Um, uh, packages for me, a- unless he's doing something that is not that, which he did for a number of years. But now it seems like he's back to that, like the, uh, the Englishman last year. I the love gentleman. The gentleman The gentleman was, that, last, the year? Gentleman. Yeah, it was last year. Yes. The gentleman. Yes, yeah. the gentleman. Yeah, yeah, love yeah. It.
0: No, no, I love the gentleman too. I'm excited about Wrath the Man. Or yeah, so it should be fine. Should be fine. The, so that comes out on May seventh. My pick is probably I look. It, it seems fun. Okay, and it centers on these three friends. They're kung fu disciples. Okay, Danny, Hing, and Jim. And back in the nineties, who were badasses. Now, twenty five years later, they're middle aged men. And you know, so obviously, when you're middle aged, or you're you're afraid of getting injured, and you're just you're just trying to keep your head above water physically. What happens is their master is killed, is murdered, and they reunite. Mm -hmm. These old friends reunite to figure out. How to seek revenge on the the people or the person who killed their master. And it's a comedy drama type of thing, action kind of thing. It's called The Paper Tigers. I saw the trailer. It looks funny and forgettable in a good way enough to, to actually watch. And it seems like it'll be funny. And there hopefully there's there's gonna be enough action scenes to make the paper tigers worth checking out. I'm actually gonna see it this week and I'm gonna do I'm gonna interview the director and co uh, the co-writer on friday hopefully the movie is good the paper tigers it's also going to be on demand that day as well as on theaters so that's may 7th very good and maybe who knows moving on moving on maybe i'm not saying the paper tigers will be as good as Gunda, but who knows it might be it's it's well go usa they have some really good movies so moving on on may as good as I mean, what? You know, it's not going to be as good as Gunda, but I'm I'm sure it's going to be a. Hopefully, it'll be a how, fun movie. How are you comparing that Apple? I to know that I, I, I do apple and oranges too much, too much with, with in my life. But May 14th, I'm trying to think. Of, I I can't imagine a more different movie than
1: Gunda and
0: Paper Maybe Tigers. Maybe one of these days I'll I'll do a double feature: Gunda and pa- and the Paper Tigers. It just does apples and oranges. Watch mm-hmm. apples, then the oranges. May 14th, mm-hmm. I think I think I know what you're gonna what what your pick for May 14th is because.
1: I got oh, three yeah, picks okay, here yeah. that uh, we'll we'll get to uh, throughout, uh, before we're said and done. But uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, obviously, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're with me on this. The, no, Greg? no. I'm, those Who Wish Me Dead, Taylor Sheridan is back. He's uh, directing his first one since Wind River. Mm, I don't, I didn't see right? it. I didn't see Those Who Wish Me Dead. I, maybe, really? He's the writer of oh. Hell or oh, High I, Water, I, My fault, Greg? my fault. Yeah, of course. He's the writer of Sicario. He's yeah, good. And that. uh as well as Sicario Day of Day of the Soldado, which I like more than Sicario. And uh here he is. He's uh directing a new one, and it's called The Day of the Dead. And uh a teenager murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. So they got the forest fire right there with the ticking clock which is a bit of a trope but uh, you can see it built in and he builds suspense and uh, writes characters very well even though he's not the lead writer on this one but uh, i do like his style he is uh gritty and uh i i will continue to watch taylor taylor sheraton things until he tells me yeah,
0: you know what i'm with yeah that, that's gonna movie. be and it also stars you know with angelina jolie john bernthal nicholas holt and aiden gillen <laughs> tyler Perry. you know
1: very yeah that was a little peek behind the curtain for me like i usually the cast is the last thing i look at which is because i'm i'm douchey film guy <laughs> but yeah i should i should lead i should lead with the cast uh a lot of the time. sometimes cast will put me over the edge and be like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna want to see this one because of the cast but rarely it's usually the the people who are making it and whoever fills in those roles is only uh icing on the on the cake if they're good but yeah there's just some big sexy names in there that greg just read off for you including nicholas holt and angelina jolie so that's yeah that should be good i uh, yeah so that's that tyler perry's in there as he, well you know what he's
0: a very good actor he's a very very good gun I mean, girl yeah
1: loved him very i don't know if he's a good director or not because i've literally not ever seen a tyler perry movie which still bothers me i just haven't found the time i should watch Same at least 20. one i should but uh he is a good actor i do like him uh in, in mm. things
0: yeah my pick is and, and you know what this is um I, I i haven't seen all of the saw movies but the idea spiral from the book of saw mm. the fact that samuel l jackson Chris Rock, Max Minghella—they're all in a movie, and it's you know Samuel Jackson's a cop, and then then uh, Chris Rock's a detective, and they're they're looking into uh, just uh, you know uh, killings.
1: And from what I hear, it was this is Chris Rock kind of approaching the uh, the Saw folk right and saying, "Hey, there's this that I got," and it was kind of Chris Rock's. It wasn't like they went out and did stunt cast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, and it, yeah. That's it's kind of a. Because on the surface, this kind of bothers me. It's a, it looks like a cash grab. Like, it, to me, it looks like, hey, get out a couple of years ago did such big things, and there's obviously an audience and appetite for, you know, a, a black-told horror story. Why don't we, you know, get two of the the biggest black names out there and put them in one of the Saw movies? Because we got to re- reinvent this this uh, franchise. That's what it looks like to me on the surface. But after learning a little bit more about it, apparently Chris Rock was like into it and wanted to do it. And he approached them. So that changes everything for yeah, me. Yeah. Totally
0: changes for me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it. If I get some kind of screener link or wait, Anderson, you've actually started watching movies in theaters, right? How's, how's that been for you so far?
1: Uh, it was great until uh, the movies dried up. I have not seen anything in the last three weeks. Cause there's been nothing out there together. Together was the closest thing that got me uh, off the couch into the theater. There's just not been anything uh, released in the last three weeks. Uh, uh, you and I know that better than anyone. I here I'll, I'll tell you the movies that uh, that we that we we touched upon for April that came out over the last three weeks. Um, Say your prayers never came out uh, in a theater near me. Voyagers, the Neil right. Berger movie, uh, apparently was was ungood. Mafi didn't come out in a theater near me, which I would have liked to have seen. Gunda, I saw that in a uh, uh, on a, a screener that uh, you were kind enough to set That's me awesome. up with, and uh, the Asset got pushed. It no longer has a release date, and then of course. Um, <laughs> about endless is still on my list. I will see about en- endless by the guy who did a pigeon sat on a branch reflecting on an existence. That's still going to They're get still going to get done, Greg. That's still going to get done oh, by okay. me. That's coming out uh, this weekend. Actually,
0: I will get. So, I, you know what? I will Greg, g- as we record this. That hasn't I, been. I will get us. Will get sc- you know what? I will get us a screening link for that one. I, I I completely forgot about that. We'll get. I'll get you a screening link, and you can you can watch it no matter where you are, Anderson. You'll you'll be able to watch it on your on your computer and, and think.
1: Good 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 yeah but like Mortal Kombat just came out as we yes. record this and like I, I have zero and I could watch it uh, in my living room if I like because it's on the old HBO Max which is doing all it can to to destroy uh, movies theaters and, and cinema right. experience. Uh, HBO Max. I, I, I part a large part of me wants to hate them and ban them and yell from the rooftops that HBO Max is the devil. But I, I'm not there yet. But I did go and sit. I think I talked to you about it already. Uh, it, I think the last time I was in the theater was for Godzilla and his friend King Kong and they them you know whooping ass together uh, against mankind in uh, in in the streets uh, of of Tokyo, mm. and it was. It was not good. (laughs) And I've not been back to the theater since. Well,
0: I can't wait to get back to theaters in 2022. So I'm really excited about that. And also on in theaters is going to be, you know, you haven't seen the Snyder Cut yet, but Zack Snyder has another movie, Army of the Dead. That might be a movie comes out on May 14th and it hits Netflix on May 21st. I mean, that should be an interesting movie. So I don't know. Dave Bautista's in it and zombie film. Hiroyuki Sanada. You've seen him in a million things. He's very good. So, when, what What is the date it on comes, this? Army of the Dead comes out May 14th, okay, in theaters. And the Zack Snyder Because I got May 21st. Oh, okay, But then I think it's May 21st on Netflix. I think it comes out the following week on Netflix. That's how it works. I think that's how it works for this movie. Mm. So, I mean, are you excited about uh, mm. the Army of the Dead at all? Or I, I haven't even-
1: I'm interested. I- I am definitely going to give it a shot unless I hear that it's just absolutely unwatchable. Uh, but yeah, I will. I will. I'm definitely going to uh, to give this a shot. I'm not seeing anything, Gregor. Not. To, I'm not trying to like go. Oh, you're wrong, but I'm not seeing anything about. A, um, May fourteenth. I'm theaters. gonna. Oh, you know
0: what? Here it says here. I but, I have the uh, the PR person Army of the Dead. He's he's wrapping uh, it says and the, and the tagline is always Bet on Dead. Directed by and story by Zack Snyder. Stars Dave Bautista, Omari Hardwick, Ana de la Reguera, and Theo Rossi. We love Theo Rossi. And it hits theaters May fourteenth and on Netflix. Okay. May twenty May twenty first. So hopefully. Okay.
1: That's good to know. That's really good to know because that's not that's not showing up on my research and and things are spread out and crazier than ever before. And I think uh, PR firms are having a harder and harder time getting the word out because uh, there's so much noise. But even on IMDb, like they don't have that down. And I would rather see this, uh, you know, mid May in the theater than uh, on my on my couch, especially because of the spectacle that he is sure to bring. I am interested in seeing. Uh, Zack Snyder do something colorful because everything that he's done has been cool blues and blacks for the most part, right? Yeah. And this looks like it's uh, just from the poster alone. Looks like he's going to be using some warmer colors in his palette, which it could it could be, it could, good. It could be, it good. be good. It could be really it could good. Be good. And
0: you know, Tig Notaro's in it.
1: Oh, by the way, Tig Notaro's also in together. Together, by the way,
0: so Tig Notaro's in it and Garrett Dillahunt. Some some really good actors and talented people.
1: I love that yes. Tig. I, I, her her stand up is incredible. It's really really, really good she does a uh, the, the the sound effect of a clown horn like uh no one yeah. else can.
0: Didn't you praise one of a documentary on Nataro several years back? I forget,
1: but maybe there was a I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It was uh it was all about her her battle with cancer and like how it was a very real uh, documentary and it was very interesting because she's such a likable character too. So you, you walk in a you know mile in her shoes and going through all that that was a, a great example of of what I was talking about earlier. But I've also I, I was a fan of hers before and I've seen her do stand up a few times. <laughs> she, she's somebody who I would have if I was still working on Loveline gotten booked on Loveline and you know been really excited to meet her and talk to her for a while. Yeah. uh, anyways, uh final movie for May Fourteenth for me is uh, much like uh, Army of the Dead. Uh, it's it's a movie, It's a French film called "The Man in the Hat." I don't know the filmmakers. I'm not familiar with John Paul Davidson or Stephen Warbeck or any of the actors. Uh, but I I do love the premise, which is a man and, and the man in the hat journeys through France in a Fiat 500, accompanied by a framed a framed photographer of an unknown woman. <laughs> um, he is pursued by five angry men in a, a in a Citerion uh Diane I, I I can only assume it's a car I'm not a, a big f- fan of cars so I don't know but he he's pursued by five angry men in a car across France why are they chasing him and how can he shake them off uh, that I love it. It's it's a high concept, simple story, straight through. He's being chased, and I gotta hope that this whole thing takes place on a road. Who knows? It could be unwatchable, but uh, it's it's piqued my interest enough to talk to you okay, about it. Yeah, here. that's that's a great premise. The the man the, in the hat, the man, the man in, the hat. in the
0: hat. So that is the last one for May fourteenth. We are now on May twenty first, and. The movie I'm really excited about for May 21st is this movie. Actually, it comes out in New York on May 21st. So it actually comes out in other theaters in, in more nationwide on May 28th is this movie called I Carry You With Me. And it centers on a, it's sort of a flashback to flash forward like the kind of situation where it's a chef. He's working in the U.S. and he looks back at his life, Mexican chef, and he's looking back at his life as a youth. When he was living in Mexico, and in Mexico he has a kid, and he's supporting the mother of the, of his kid, and he at during one night he meets he meets this guy named um, Gerardo or Gerardo at a at a gay bar. They instantly connect, and it's about their relationship in Mexico. But ultimately, to support his family, the chef, his name is Ivan. He decides to jump across the border, go across the border to America to find a better life. And it's about his looking back at maybe the family and the love that he, he left on his trek to America. Sounds like an interesting movie. Sh- should be really good. And it's getting really great reviews. So it's called I Carry You With mm. Me. And in Spanish, it's called Te Llevo Conmigo. So I'm excited to see this. I Yes. S- and it's, it's uh, being distributed I by s- Sony Pictures Classics. And usually they're, the movies that, that are usually under their umbrella are very, very good. So that's why I'm, I'm excited. Sony Pictures
1: Classic. I just recently, I saw Sony Picture Classic. The of Father. Them, I didn't the f- see. Yeah, oh, The, the Father. father. Yeah, 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 yeah. The distance and then, one. And then before, and I saw that in the, in the in the theaters. And so I got to see a bunch of trailers before it, which I, I'm not a fan of the trailers because they give it too much away. But I got to tell you, it was refreshing seeing trailers for the first time in yes. so long. So that was nice. And I saw some other classic uh, Sony Pictures that were coming out that did not seem that dry because usually Sony Pictures Classics are pretty dry. Uh, a lot of dry <laughs> ones. <laughs> yeah, the, the,
0: but, but they also did that movie that you like. What is it? The Distance, I think, earlier this year or something last year. I think you liked that movie, didn't? You? The, the Distance about the what the they have the friends and they're biking or something like that. And the climb,
1: The, climb. the, 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 the yeah. climb, yes. That did not seem like a Sony Picture Classic movie at all. It was there was too much zing. And yeah, pop and it was that.
0: good, right? You really praised that movie. So,
1: love the climb, Greg. Yeah, I,
0: love I love the climb. I, need I to love turn it.
1: That one out as well. So what? I did get one angry email though from somebody who who paid six dollars to watch it, and they're like, "Why did you?" praise this movie when it was terrible and i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) i feel bad when people but all right so i I will see your spanish-speaking uh uh, language film uh with a a a danish uh film called writers of justice writers of justice and you know it'll probably be a little while before this one is uh, readily available to all of us but it is going to be playing at the art house theaters come may 21st and uh the reason, the main reason why I pick it is because of my la- love for Mads Mickelson, which apparently is Mad Mickelson, The S is oh, I didn't I don't know, know that if I was talking to you about that, but I will continue to call him Mads because I like the sound of Mads more than Mad Mickelson, Even though Mad Mickelson's is pretty yeah. sweet too, but Mads Mickelson, you might know him as uh, Hannibal in uh, in the uh, uh, the, te- the television show series. I, think I, I you series. Know, I've never what seen Hannibal. It. I think I might have called yeah. Hannibal. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Oh, we watched the first season or two. Uh, I didn't need a whole lot more, but he's great as Hannibal. He might be one of the best Hannibals. And that says a lot. But uh, this is an action comedy drama, and it's got some really, really heavy uh, subject matter at the top. But if uh, apparently he just makes at least one Danish film a year just to, to keep Danish cinema going. Uh, this is something I, I heard recently, <laughs> and... Uh, you know he he can make it over here quite well because he's recognizable and he's beloved by an american audience but uh he he makes sure that he stays close to home at least once a year to uh to give some um some weight to uh uh, the productions over there. And this one is, is let me remind you, Greg, it's an action comedy drama. Riders of Justice is starring Mads Mickelson. And here's the uh, log line. It's uh, about Marcus, who is Mads Mickelson. Uh and he play he he has to go home to his teenage daughter, uh, Matilda, uh, when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. That's the that's the yeah. setup, right? Uh it seems like an accident until a mathematics geek. Who was also a fellow passenger on the train, and his two colleagues show up. So I get that. I and Mads looks like a pretty rough and tumble guy, really, really short, buzz cut, and a big gray, bushy beard, and he looks like uh, angry. I'm ready to kick your ass, Mads Mickelson. Um, less so, uh, uh, not in so much the Hunt Mickelson, uh, who is just a, a, a kindly uh, preschool teacher, if you're a kindergarten teacher, if you recall the Hunt. Oh God, he was good, seen so good in yeah, the Hunt. I Craig, I need to see the Hunt. Yeah, the, the Hunt. hunt. Not, not the, not the uh, one with Betty Perry, Gil- Perry Gil- uh, yeah, Gilpin. Gilpin. Yeah, um, Betty Gilpin. Uh, but, uh, yep. Betty Gilpin. Uh, but, yeah, Betty. Yeah, Betty. Yeah, Betty. I was going to say Perry, but that's from
0: Frazier. from Glow.
1: Yeah. That was the American The Hunt, which is, has no relation to the, the 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 Danish The Hunt or Swedish The Hunt. Ah, anyways, The Hunt that came out like three yeah. or four years ago about a man who was may or may not be uh, acu- wrongly accused of uh, inappropriate. Uh, behavioral children and it's a great movie about uh, group think and I absolutely love that movie The Hunt with Mads Mickelson. but um, this this movie so the the setup is going to be Mads you know he's tra- it's a tragedy he's 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 broken man because I don't even know I, I have no idea because he has to go home to his his daughter so maybe it's in a strange relationship either way his, the mother of his daughter is dead, and uh, he thinks it's just an accident until some geeks who are unlike him show up and say, hey, we've got to tell you something. Um, it looks like the, the, the mathematical possibilities of this are, are very slim. So someone tried to do this. Let's go get vengeance. I like that. Writers of Justice. That is an Let's interesting see. premise. You
0: think it could be just a, a throwaway action movie, but there's an interesting twist to it about oh the mathematics behind the situation. It's, there's
1: No way. It's definitely going to be the odds couple, odd couples, yes. right? Because he's he's rough and tumble, and he's dealing with these geeks, and uh, they're all see conventions together. Because one of them was on the train. I think this movie has promise. Well, it
0: could be, could be, yeah, it could be could be interesting at the very least. When you know, if it, even if it doesn't completely work, I liked Mads in Polar. That was very good, right? That's a, that's a that's an action movie that that worked for me. So love love his work. In which Pol- one? Uh, Polar, the one with him and remember Vanessa Hudgens was in it. You remember that movie? You ever seen Polar? You haven't seen Polar? P-O-L-A-R?
1: Yeah, I've been told to watch Polar numerous times. And it's, you're 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 just kicking it back into my head because it's been out of my head for a while. Yes, Polar has been on my, my long list, which is – it's probably toward, down towards the bottom at this point. But yes, I've been told to watch Polar. I need to yeah, watch no, no, that no, Polar, it's, Greg.
0: It's, a, Polar. it's one of these things where it's a guilty pleasure watch. So – and you, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. You definitely need to see it. it it's a fun – if you – No, I don't want to. I don't like You know what? In fact, people should please email Anderson and and tell him to watch Polar, at least. Mm. So that is May 21st. We're going to wrap up.
1: Uh, Dream Horse is also coming out. And I just bring that up because it was supposed to come out around this time last year with Tony Collette. And it's uh, another one of these horse movies, Dream Dream Horse. It's a a studio picture. that has been kicked around for a while because of... Because of the old COVID, it's not a movie that I'm going to rush out and see. Uh, let's talk about some that we might, though. Greg, uh, I have literally one movie, literally two, but only one that I'm actually don't oh, really care about for May 28th. My May only 28th. May 28th one that I'm I'm gonna probably watch
0: and ask for a screener is the documentary Moby Doc because I'm a I like oh, I like Moby's okay, music. I like Moby's music, and it centers on mm-hmm. his his documentary. And supposedly, it's a surreal documentary, and it centers on Moby's music career and as well as his struggles with addiction and eventually and eventual transformation into becoming a vegan and a vegan activist. So I'm going to watch Moby doc because I
1: like his music. Little, you are, you a little known fact, fact about me, Greg is, uh, my very first night training on Loveline back in 1999 was, uh, the, uh, the second appearance of the insane clown posse. No, oh, no, no, not insane clown posse. My God, how long has it been for me? Uh, my first, my first night, training was uh the second appearance by pennywise and fletcher uh the first time he was on love line he he threw up all over the studio purposefully and then held drew up against a wall and and projectile vomited all over drew just to be punk rock and then my first night training on on love line was their triumphant return a few years after that that uh incident and uh it was even worse i arguably worse the second time they were on because uh, the second time Pennywise came on, I don't know if you remember this, you were in the building at the time, but, uh, the police had to be called. And, uh, nowadays, like who knows because of, uh, you know, everything that's going on, but he was claiming to a, have a, a grenade and he held Drew, Drew and Adam captive for a while uh, after the show was over. Uh, he punched his own security guard very hard in the head. Fletcher is a very large man in a punk rock band called right. Pennywise. So, and he said, he said the F word upwards of 30 times probably. And we just had to like go off air for a while. This is my first night training on yeah. the program. Um, few nights later was my first night on the show by myself flying solo without uh, the guy, Mike Dooley, who used to be the, uh, the engineer of the show. So I was flying solo a few nights uh, later and that guest was Moby. And uh, it was, it was night and day. Greg got to tell you. Oh, night very and cool. Day. So that means you are a
0: fa- You like, you, you thank Moby for making it nice, a nice situation.
1: It's nice and mellow. Yeah. Yeah. I got to hear about how we should be nice to animals and uh, Fletcher's uh, stories about animals or how like, I think he was in Hong Kong or he was somewhere overseas and he broke into a, uh, he was very hammered and he broke into a zoo one night uh, and his, his plan was to uh, uh, let a tiger eat him to death. Fletcher's a character. That was his story about animals and, and Moby's stories about animals were were much different, but yes. Uh, Moby doc is, uh, was on my, my list, but I'm not that okay, excited cool, to see it. Cool. Uh, well,
0: if I, if I, if I get, sc- <laughs> if I get a screener link, should I get one for you or no? Uh, uh too much time. Too much. I mean too much. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how good it is. I'll tell you how good it
1: is. And then f- finally, uh, a quiet place part two. Yes. Which should be called a quieter place, uh, is finally, finally getting its release. Uh, it is the, uh, follow up to John Krasinski's, uh, "Quote unquote masterpiece." Some people call it a masterpiece. People love that quiet place. It is very, very good, and uh, I am excited to see that in the theater the way it's intended to be seen. Yes, Great. and
0: I, 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 will tell hopefully people. I'll, I'll see if they they can get me a screening link to it because I'm not le- I'm not going to a theater for the next twelve months because I, I can. I- <laughs> you just going to go to the gym. That makes no sense at all.
1: <laughs> Emily Blunt is in this one again, as well as, uh, Killian Murphy comes, uh, is in this one. Yes,
0: Killian. yes. We, we uh, love, we yeah. will love, uh, Killian Murphy. He's very, very good. And I, I, I still haven't seen A Quiet Place. So that's my, my bad. I still, it's been, you know, I still haven't seen A Quiet Place and I know what happens and everything like that, but it's still, I'm sure, worth watching.
1: People make noise and then
0: creatures yes, kill them. Yes, no, it's, so it's, it's worth it, right? Is, I always see, I mean, look, as far as a double feature, the Quiet it's, Place and Bird Box, would they be good double features? Should I one day just take those movies and, and watch them both?
1: No, I think you should try and uh, separate those movies as much as possible because one's very good and the other one's pretty pretty corn. Oh, really? Okay.
0: Bird Box is really corn.
1: Okay. not Good to know. I'd, Bird Box, there's a couple some, some moments in there, but uh bird box it, it, it really for me doesn't hold a candle to, to a quiet place quiet place is some really good directions some really really tense moments and it's it's a thrill ride it's a lot of fun uh bird box uh like i said kind of okay. corny kind of corny kind of corny, kinda okay. corny. A little corner there's another one that tucci's in uh the tooch which is uh pretty much a very very cheap version of a quiet place it's funny a, a quiet place a pretty simple uh concept and uh and there's all these like imitators or coincidental movies that what was it you know what, I mean? what was that one that that too was, was it in? good was, it, in any, was, was uh, Stanley it was it good, good in it oh no, was, was really oh well, i i was, didn't i didn't see i just saw chunks of it and it was, it was if i recall and it was uh it was oh, very bad god he's in a lot of things yeah, that too the silence the, the is what silence called, i've right? never even heard silence. of this
0: movie it was just not even yeah, it was the not silence. even worse any any type of you didn't like
1: anything. Oh, the silence came out 2019. I did not know even. When the world is under attack from terrifying creatures who hunt their human prey by sound. 16-year-old Ally Anders, uh, who lost her hearing at 13, and her family seek refuge in a r- remote haven. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, she she lost her, her sense of hearing, so she's going to have uh, elevated senses. Uh, of sight and, and smell and, and, and she'll be able to fight them in their own world. And
0: that was, Great. that was a movie that was not worth Definitely do not see that basically. So
1: the, the stuff that I saw, like I love the movie, the mist, but I understand that its budget was uh, a slash and a half when, um Darmont refused to change yeah. the ending so uh, some of those creatures could have used some work I think cgi if they would make that movie now cGI has come a long way um but I I can tell you that the the creatures looked about the same in this uh the oh. silence as they did in the mist years ago Yikes. all right, all right that's, it. that's all that's it that's, that's all, all I got, I got Gregor.
0: Uh, and uh, I guess uh well we listeners we'll, we'll see you in a month you know uh we're uh
1: We'll talk at you in a month. Uh, For those of you who are Patreon, we'll be talking at you before that. We talk all the time on Patreon, uh, so I
0: mean everything's going to be fine. So it's good.
1: Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to uh, to support us and to uh, to care about movies. I I talked to a friend of mine just earlier today, Greg, and she her her literal. Uh, Camp name was Hollywood uh, because she loves movies so much. And uh, Mm. uh, that's where I met her. I met her at camp over 20 years ago. We're dear friends. Uh, She lives in Colorado now. I haven't talked to her in a while, but uh, as we record this, uh, it's going to be the Academy Awards tonight. So I thought I'll call Hollywood. I haven't talked to her in a couple months. I want to see what her take is on the uh, the Academy Awards. And uh, it broke my heart when Hollywood said, Oh, they're tonight. I don't have anything, uh, and uh, I have no idea about movies anymore. I just kind of checked out over the last year, year and a half. She's not alone. I think most people did. Oh, she, so I mean, uh, I like to think that we we this this here show, this here feed keeps people um in the know. Well, you know, bit. have you uh, before we go? Have
0: you noticed is that when you got that whole thing that she checked out for about a year? Have you gotten that, that kind of reaction within some some of the listeners, I mean, or just uh, saying, hey, I've, I've been watching movies because I've just been just. Uh, just not not even into anything. I've checked out of movies. Have you-
1: Yeah, people like to say our movies. Do movies still come out? Are movies still oh, a really? thing? Uh, people love to say. Oh, that. Okay, and it, oh. it upsets me. I was uh, the, I didn't see it, but the wife reported back to me. She's like, oh, honey, you would have been so upset. I was watching TMZ and they were talking about the Oscars and how no one cares anymore and that they should turn movie theaters into like a, a COVID uh, a vaccination sites because no one uses them for watching movies anymore. And she's like, they were talking about your entire passion and craft and love in, in such a disparaging way. I felt really bad for you. And it just made me infuriated. <laughs> made me infuriated.
0: Greg. No, look, I, I, well, hopefully I'll see you get, again next month. But can can I play Devil's Advocate? Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit happy that I get all the screeners, screening links, and I can watch it all by myself and no without any human contact. Is that a bad thing to say? Is that a bad, very very bad thing? Very bad. What do you think?
1: I'll talk. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, <laughs> Greg. When we when we do the Patreon right. episode. Take care of yourself, <laughs> take, buddy. Take, take care, care of yourself. Take care, guys. Right. Bye, bye.